Coming up, Damian Lillard officially requests a trade from the Portland Trailblazers. While the Brooklyn Nets may not be the front runners, it looks like they can be involved in getting an improvement on their roster. We break down all the iterations of it coming up next. Bing, bang, boom. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I'm Adam Marbrecht, breaking down the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast and the New Jersey Devils on the Devils Puck Luck Podcast. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're free on all those great platforms and let you know today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked on. And guys, as we continue our week of soul, hold on a second here. Doug Norrie back in the building. We're going to talk Damian Lillard. We're going to talk Tyler Hero. We're going to break down all the latest trade news. But uh, welcome back, buddy. Looking fresh. Well, as we know, the NBA uh, news market only grinds on my uh, vacation plans. That's been well established and actually just proven at this point. Um, So there's no real debate about it. Back from vacation, ready to end. Literally, the second we get back from vacation, we get to start getting some clarity in the Damian Lillard news, and that is just how things work. If you want to live into this universe, just know that this was specifically this waited till we're back, resettled, and ready to do the pod together, Damian Lillard time, and it looks like he's on the move. That is correct. We are, uh, just for uh, clarification purposes, recording this on Sunday morning, so there's a chance that some things evolve from this. If the Brooklyn Nets are heavily involved in a trade, obviously, with Damian Lillard, we'll be back in and updating that as well on YouTube and on our podcast feed. But as free agency started to unfold, some pretty sizable contracts handed out, uh, some guys on the move to new teams. Finally, what felt like it to me had been closed was the chapter on Damian Lillard and potentially putting in a trade request you heard from the front office in portland they want to move forward with him damian lillard ideally wants to stay there and then after maybe it's after the draft and after scoot henderson and after giving all the money to (laughs) to jeremy grant as well damian lillard says no you know what i think it is time for me to spread my wings and move on from the portland trailblazers the Brooklyn Nets are not considered to be one of the front-running teams here. You've got the Clippers. You've got the 76ers now with James Harden's sign, but impending trade. And then you've also got, obviously, the Miami Heat at the forefront of these discussions. And it looks like it looks like it's happening. It's just a matter of when, where, and if the Nets can get involved as the third team. Yeah, and I know we, as we say it now, it looks like it's the third team, and there's like specific differences between the Lillard situation here and let's say like the Bradley Beal situation, which we can go through. I mean, there's clear just like sort of functional differences between those two those two deals. Um, it does appear, like you said, that like that the Miami Heat are the primary destination or the destination of choice for the Bla- uh, for Damian Lillard. Kind of saw that coming, right? If we really thought about the situation on a realistic level, like where Damian Lillard would want to go the most. I know he had said Brooklyn in that Haynes interview. Um, but again, as we've said many times in the podcast, that that was a very leading question. Good job by Chris Haynes, by the way. But um, it was a really leading question about like where he would want to go. Miami was first and he did say Brooklyn second. But that was those were never sort of like promises about 
destinations you would want to go and, you know, hit the yeah. friendship with Mikhail Bridges and yada, yada, yada. So I never personally like thought too, too much about that. Always to me thought Miami was the clear favorite. If you were to ever, if you were to ever ask out for a trade, Miami seems so far and away the favorite about where he would want to go for so many reasons. If you're ring chasing, they were just in the finals. They have two really good players that you can really kind of, they not even hit your wagon to, but you know, make know that you could go to war with these guys all the way to the finals. Cause again, they just did it without him. Um, so I always thought Miami was a front runner. The question now becomes one, would Miami have enough to do it? How much do the Blazers want to just make sure Lillard finds his spot and maybe take 70 cents on the dollar in order to do it? Right. And if the Nets can get involved, but just from a standpoint, like if you had to put bet money right now, 907 a.m. Tuesday morning, oh, sorry, yeah, Sunday morning. It's okay. Buddy. Would you say Appreciate it's a just, well, and forget about how the Nets even get involved, which we're definitely going to get to here. Right. Would you say it's like a lock that he goes to Miami at this point? Or do you feel like this situation isn't analog to the Beal situation and maybe they just don't have like you know what do, what would you say the chances just that he lands in Miami are or or yeah, or like or to say like or lands in Brooklyn I mean like do you think even Brooklyn yeah. still even has a chance here I don't think I, I don't think Brooklyn I'll answer that the first second one first because I don't think Brooklyn has a chance because when you hear Damian Lillard say I don't want to go to a team that's just filled with superstars right I want but but if you think about packages now I, I guess in three team deals and that's how the Nets are trying to get involved by by receiving something that any team Miami has to send out or otherwise to make the cap work. But if you think about a, a trade that starts with Brooklyn, the Nets don't have the requisite players to send back to Portland, right? So then you're getting into a lot of the draft capital. And even though that can be appealing to Portland, it's not that they need players. They want to have talent, right? The front office said, we still want to, we want to be competing now. Just because we're losing Dame Lillard doesn't mean that we're done and we're going to tank or something like that. So I think that makes it harder for the Nets to be involved. Miami being the clear front runner and the likelihood of that, I'd say it's, it seems pretty darn high, right? Like they let a couple of key guys walk away in free agency that I think put the tea leaves out of not spending money, uh, you know, not, not putting another $30, $40 million on your books if you're ready to take in a really big contract. I will say, like, when you list Philadelphia, that becomes interesting because you know James Harden is not going to stay there. And if you're Portland and you want to be competitive, James Harden, whatever he isn't, you know he's you know you know he's a, a high level player. He's top something in the league. Getting him back on that roster could be appealing. Um, I, yeah, I do think Miami's the front runner. And I will just add in. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, oh, just add in your last thing, and then I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to piggyback whatever it is. My last thing was that I saw an article, uh, a write up about this, where they were talking about the front running teams, Miami, Philadelphia, even the Clippers being involved. Nets is like this this third team to get some fringe benefits that we'll get into here coming up in the second segment, and then that Damian Lillard had also said he's always had a, a an affection and a respect for the San Antonio Spurs, and I just think if you put Damian Lillard on the San Antonio Spurs this offseason. After they luck pot into the number one pick and get Weminyama, that to me is just like chef's kiss. It's the perfect bow to tie on this offseason and this narrative. If it's Greg Popovich with the best number one overall pick in the NBA and then Damian Lillard's like, I'll come there. Yeah, I'll hang out for a few seasons. Yeah, I think, well, I think that all, and I'm glad you threw the Spurs in there because I think that all speaks to what my next point was going to be, which is that this is just not 
even a two-team race at this point. The Harden thing threw this for a loop, right? Like Harden opting in, uh, Harden opting in and then wanting out opened up a new pathway for sure to another team where like they could really use his services. Right. Cause remember we a lot of the little thing was around who could use his services and who could pay for his services. Right. Like, right. and it's, it's for a while, it really only seemed like the heat, right. Or the nets. Um, yeah. And now I think that we're in, into actually the muck and mire of this and the hardened piece for sure threw everyone for a loop like that. There was, that was not predicted. And it really wasn't even mentioned like that like specific mechanism that he would use opt in and want to trade um, was even on the table. Once that came into it, there's now there's just too many other players here that like would really be incentivized to bring Lillard in now. Right. Yeah. And yep. I think that actually will keep the price high, even if the situation around him is more fluid because he might say, well, I don't want to go there again. Bradley Beal had a no trade clause. He could have just said, absolutely not. And, you know, right crossed his arms and, and sat down, <laughs> sat down on the floor and said, no, 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 um, I'm not going to do that. Like yeah. Lillard doesn't have that option, even if, uh, even if the, the Blazers do seem that they're going to accommodate his request. All right. In a second here, we'll get to the Tyler hero portion of this, where the nets do actually possibly land in a bro uh, in a, in a Brooklyn slash Miami slash Blazers trade with Damian Lowe. We'll get out into that all next. First, going to tell you about our friends over at PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. PrizePix figured this out, right? You want to go have fun. You want to just say to yourself, daily fantasy, I want to go more or less out of players' projections. I don't want to wrangle with salary caps. I don't want to go against a bunch of different sharks in the water. I just want to go look at a player and decide if they're going to go more or less in a player projection. That is all you're doing at PrizePix. When basketball comes back, you just go more or less on uh, points, assists, rebounds, blocks, steals. Super Easy, they got baseball rolling right now. Golf with the majors still coming this summer. Prize picks has got you all figured out. All you do, you pick two to six players, figure out if they're gonna go more or less on their prize picks projections. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people, it's just you versus the projections available. Like I said, NBA, NFL around the corner. Can't believe that. MLB rolling through the summer, PGA running all summer as well. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You have to use the promo code locked on, just like our podcast network. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks will give you 100. Deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. You can figure out all the other iterations. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Okay, so obviously breaking down the official Damian Lillard trade request from the Portland Trailblazers, what it means for the NBA at large, and how do the Brooklyn Nets stand to benefit from this? So we're both on the same page that that the Brooklyn Nets being involved in the Damian Lillard to Brooklyn conversation, that's not a part of this. But what did become fascinating is as you start to pull in these third teams where Portland wants to, again, try to acquire talent, try to acquire cap relief, and the Miami Heat also have to figure out how that process works. All of a sudden, you get into these possibilities of the Brooklyn Nets ending up with Tyler Hero as Damian Lillard goes to Miami. Let's just start there, point stop. Would you want Tyler Hero on the Brooklyn Nets as a byproduct of a Damian Lillard to Miami trade? Okay, so obviously with all of these things, we're going to preface this by saying with any move, the price is a factor, correct? Right. Like, um, I'm yeah. just going to preface that by saying you know, what you pay, you know, I would love, you know, a new Mercedes okay. for a free Mercedes, oh. drive it right into the driveway, uh, you know, <laughs> for a Mercedes that's 
10% above sticker. No, thanks. Right. So like obvious. And then every, and, and I'm not going to break down all the other things that will go in between those two things. So, um, what about the, the 20, <laughs> I mean, if it was leather, yes, leather interior. No, sure. But now yet. it's, you know, it's, it's green. So no, thanks. Okay. So <laughs> locked on Doug's locked on Doug's car buying, uh, is the, is the, uh, is the next one. Okay. So let's just say, let's just work on the world where the price is reasonable and they just kind of attach themselves as a three teamer. And there's like, like moderate an asset or two that go out the door, but this is mostly just kind of like, this is mostly just sort of relief right around like yeah. getting, making sure that Miami can just like match the money and stuff. Tyler hero on a functional level actually fits really, really well with this Nets team, this current Nets team. If, if, if they're not sending any other players out in this situation, um, this is actually just the kind of guy, frankly, they need um, if mm -hmm. they want to stay, above water competitive ish you know in and around the play-in i mean if we're like being really realistic around this team right like what is this team's ceiling the team's ceiling right now is as are currently constructed with no mother moves they're probably playing maybe lottery i, I don't know like it's it's not i don't this is not by a, you know a good to great team by any stretch you add hero with what his and we can go through sort of what his superlatives are he definitely has mm -hmm. negatives but if you if you put him on this team, it actually kind of is exactly what they need, right? Like on ball playmaking, shot creation, will, you know, higher usage. They frankly could use a guy like that um, that can just kind of fill in functional shots <laughs> around mm -hmm. the rest of the roster, can run, pick, and roll. Um, the ball distribution is okay. Rebounds the position, okay, considering his size. I actually think if point the price was really – what's that? Three point shooting, which you, you, you know, yeah, right. Like, he just is, he, his, his, his yeah. thing is scoring. He, he can score. Yep. Like, he's going to take a lot of shots. It's not going to be like the super, super efficient, but sometimes you just need like guys to take shots that you can keep on the court for 35 minutes a game. Like, Tyler Hero is for sure that kind of guy. I know people want to poo poo the contract. I know people think he's overpaid. He probably is by a little, but two years ago, two years from now, I, I don't think he will be. Another thing about Tyler Hero, people forget this dude is so young. Like, he's so young. He's 23 yeah. years old. He'd be the third youngest player on the Nets. If they traded for him right now and didn't send anybody else out. Oh, no, sorry. He'd be the fourth youngest player on the Nets. The only guys younger, the only guys younger than him would be Daron, Cam Thomas, and the two guys they just drafted in Clowney yeah. and Tariq Whitehead. That's it. He'd be the fifth young. He's younger than Mikhail Bridges. Like he, so I just, for me, I got kind of like mini excited about this iteration of the Nets around well, what they're probably trying to accomplish. If the price was pretty low, I'd be all for this. I'd be all for this. Like, what, does that make sense? I know I oh, went long-winded there. I have more thoughts no. on Tyler Hero than I thought I did. But, like, what do you think when you hear that? And what did you think when you hear Hero? Well, it's funny because I remember, like, going back to whatever point over the life of this podcast and di different iterations of the team and saying, oh, the Nets should go get Tyler Hero. And you and I at the time saying, well, you don't need that player, like, right now, right? right. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving iterations of this team with James Harden. It was like, you don't need that. And then it was. Remember, he has that you know incoming $27 million contract. Now, though, to your point, like he makes sense now for this team. If you want to be a locked-in playoff team, if you want to push that needle to say we could be a top six team in the Eastern Conference, right? Like and not have this concern around are we a fringe, are we a fringe playoff team? Are we in playing games? This is the kind of move that makes a lot of sense. The skill set is right, he fits in and he helps. I think a leap, not, a, I don't think, you know, that he would help alleviate the pressure 
on a player like Mikhail Bridges when it comes to late game scoring, carrying the full offensive load and needing the defensive responsibility as well. So it would help things balance out. The price is what becomes interesting because, yeah. and you said it, it matters what the cost is. So I saw an iteration of um, Bobby Marks was on ESPN talking about, and then you bring in Brooklyn for the three team trade. And the way it lined up was Tyler hero ends up on Brooklyn. Damian Lillard ends up on the uh, Miami heat. Somebody got sent up to Portland, whatever it was, but it all ended up with the Nets sending out three first round picks it was like three first round picks and a pick swap going to Portland in order to get this all done. And it filtered through, you know, Miami and ended up in Portland's lap. That's probably the only part of this that I have pause on of now he is young and you can think about beyond even Mikhail Bridges, beyond Cameron Johnson, right? Like that Tyler hero could always be a really functional player for you. As long as you bring in the next version of, of high level player that you want to have on this team. But if you're, that, that 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 price point is getting into like the Damian Lillard discussions early on this offseason about yeah. if he's disgruntled and the contract is so big, would a few first round picks get the job done? If you're doing that as like the side piece to the main deal, that seems expensive to me. I don't know what my threshold is for saying no, but 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 that's it does seem like a lot for a team in Miami that would be saying like we need to move off of this money in order to get Damian Lillard in the door. Yeah, look, you're not going to bring Tyler Hero in for free. So I, I think that like that part yep. of the deal is just not feasible. I will say with Hero, as opposed to, let's say, I mean, frankly, to some degree, Lillard, <laughs> um, if we're just using as a comparisons, sending out an asset or two for or Hero now, to me, actually strikes as much different than sending assets out for Lillard. so much future value. I mean, he's 10 years younger. <laughs> like, right. he's a, de- right. he's a full right. decade younger. Yeah. Is he as good as Lillard? Of course not. Of course not. Right? I'm not ever making the case that he's as good as Lillard. Um, but again, he's 23 years old. The money at the tail, at the, the out years on the contract where he's going to make 31 million are when the CBA will, uh, the salary cap will spike uh, almost for sure. So the third, I, I'm telling you right now, the 31 and 33 million in 25 through 27 is not going to look that bad. And he's going to be 25 years old. Like, it's just not, he's like that. You'll be able to get out of that. Right. Without, this isn't going to be like a Westbrook Lillard may possibly Lillard situation where they're like 60 million and they're 37 years old or something like that. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You know, say like play two years, have Tyler hero for two years. And then 25, 26, when he's 26 years old, making 31 million, you could easily move him. And and it's just not, it's not going to be an albatross. It's yep. not an albatross by any stretch of the imagination. That's right? a good point. And, and there's like some world where with Hero, and I guess we can talk about this in the third segment, there's some world with Hero too where he's able to, one, he can just get better. Like he's far from reaching peak NBA age. Again, yeah. people always forget this stuff. Like the people, they want to look at what he is. Now. He's, he's 23 years old. <laughs> like I get that it feels like he's been in the NBA for a long time. He has. He came in really young. Um but if this is just not analog to some of these other situations with these sort of overpaid guards or whatever, because the age factors in so, so much. Just to reiterate, he'd be the fifth youngest net, <laughs> right? Like he'd be yeah. the, the fifth youngest guy in the entire team, which seems insane because you forget about how long these guys have been in the league. So I just don't think that I just don't think that this was anywhere, anywhere close to problematic. And if you, if you, and even if you were to and look, if you want to like, if you're attaching those unprotected Phoenix picks, I don't know, that gets a little weird because those and, could be super huge values. I'm not sure heroes, the guy, but like anything less than that, 
I think you just have to be kind of fine with it. I think this is just what you're, I mean, because because you, basically what are you doing? You're hoping to draft kind of Tyler Hero guys. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, that's that's sort of what you're trying to do with these draft picks. So coming up here in a second, we'll close out by discussing maybe the different versions of how the Brooklyn Nets could be involved in this trade package and send out players, send out other assets and still maintain some of those future picks while acquiring Tyler Hero. Okay, so just a reminder here as well, uh, Doug Norrie was away on vacation. I'm sure you guys all remember that, but now he's back. And there's a couple of things that we are going to hit on in our next episode, free agency roundup. We have Dennis Smith Jr., obviously the guy that Doug and I said we would prefer the Nets to avoid in free agency. They signed him. And there, and there's and there's positives around that, and there's a reason why he fits on this roster. The Nets were also able to move off of Patty Mills' contract. So we will round that out coming up here uh, this week. So make sure that you're locked in on YouTube and on the podcast feed so that you don't miss any of our free agency roundup. And obviously, if anything breaks, new news, we'll be in, we'll be live, we'll be covering it because uh, that's what we do, and we love to do it. When we get back into this Tyler Hero discussion, the other – so there's a couple of things I thought about. One – one thing that I pulled up in the background here while while you were finishing up um, your thoughts there, I find it interesting, and this is no reason to be pro or against something. I get lost in stats sometimes. Tyler Hero being a 106 like career offensive rating, it was shocking to me. Like that's a that's a shockingly low number for a player that I I specifically look at as being high level offensively offensively productive. He's had some dips in in his in his career. He's gone through some lulls. Nevertheless, you're getting a 20 point score. Like that's also the bottom line here too. And if you look at the Brooklyn Nets roster right now, they have one of those. And you know, I mean, you can make the case that Spencer Dinwiddie's capable of that. The volume he requires to get there is probably more than you'd like. And Cameron Johnson is yet to show that he can be a 20 point scorer in his career. So there's incredible value there. As far as the trade package, do you think there's a world where the Nets and we're going to talk in the off season about how this roster constructs going forward, where they would say, Portland, you want a young player? We have, I don't know. And unfortunately for them, really Cam Cam Thomas doesn't work in that. But is there a world where it gets to a Nicholas Claxton discussion level for Portland in these three team deals of saying, oh, that's the guy we want. Let, let's get him on to Portland and that prevents Brooklyn from committing to a Tyler hero move. Oh, with Claxton, you mean? Yeah. Like there has to be a threshold clearly like the picks thing. Cause by the way, Bobby Marks mentioned the Phoenix picks. He was like 27 Phoenix, 29 Phoenix. And I was like, wow, you're talking about high value picks here. Potentially in two, three seasons, we're going to know how incredibly valuable those could be. And that's, I think a really hard part. If you're not going to have, clear protections on those turning around and saying you gave away three first round picks for Tyler hero is one thing turning around and saying you gave away potentially two lottery top 10 picks or higher for Tyler hero. That isn't going to age well. Yeah, look, and so there's two separate things here. One, just about the hero's offensive offensive efficiency. I'm with you. It, it is lower than you would think. Um, just and even by just even by the Heat standards, you're like, oh well, maybe the Heat what, were in a dynamic offense. But if you compare it to guys like Butler, who was like 123 or something like that, or like he was pretty, he was above Gabe. Hero was above Gabe Vincent, but below a bunch of other guys in offensive rating. And the defense isn't amazing. I, I'm with that. I, I I totally understand his flaws, right? Like I'm you know yeah. by EPM, he kind of lists if you go with like dunks and threes, he's like in and around like um, I mean, other guards in this range just that there aren't even a ton of guards it's like mostly bigs here like a little less than kyler anderson by epm uh like a little less than herder alec burks right like so those aren't the names you necessarily want to hear uh in and around his sort of archetype range so i, I get it i get it i would just always say that the the, the, the age sort of matters here to me 
oh, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and that he's that he's young, and I think this is like sort of flyer territory with the understanding that he makes that he makes a decent amount of money. Um, with the Claxton piece, I, all of, all of my hero specific, and I guess the Lillard to some degree too, like all my specific thoughts on whether they should come in the door are predicated on kind of like not sending anybody out. Right. I really don't not sending anyone that. And this is always hard because it's, you have to spend something to get something. So I, I, I get it, but all of my visions around the nets doing stuff like this are, is predicated on. They also have at least what their starting five is now. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, I, Ben Simmons doesn't really work his way into this cause he's not really a value add. Um, and so I don't really want to be in the mode of sending these other guys out. Now you say to yourself, Hey, look, Claxton is going to cost $21 million a year next year, and we're not going to be able to resign him. So getting something for him now makes sense. Sure. Sure. I can talk myself into that, like into that line of thinking. If you just already know that the Claxton price tag is going to be higher than you feel comfortable or can do, then bringing in moderately cost control guys now because remember like 8.7 for claxton like that's gonna be in the 20s probably right so i i just right i mean i don't know what his free agent number looks like but it's gonna be high it's gonna be higher than 8.7 i'll tell you that so um if you think that already they're in the danger zone with him then maybe you start talking yourself into that but short of that i really don't i don't i don't want to send anybody out but that's and, not realistic. So I, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to give up the stuff I like. You give me what I want. And I, but I know what you mean though. Like that is that is a threshold. The last two points would be one, just from a from a cap standpoint, this has been talked about a lot around a trade like this. The Brooklyn Nets would have to do some things if they're they're concerned about. It. And it matters actually for a bigger reason than spending money, right? We we've talked about before, fans have brought up, you know, Joe Sy just doesn't want to spend even in the superstar era, which we never could wrap our brains around, but if you bring in 27 million of Tyler Hero, they would need to move money like a Dorian Finney-Smith because it's 13 million. They don't have a lot of other options to move money off the books to make sure that they stay away from those luxury tax thresholds, specifically because if they get below it and they get away from the repeater tax, then in 24 and 25, they can spend money, but they have yeah. to get away from it now. They cannot afford to live in that. So that's the other big factor here. And I think, Again, to your point, like Nicholas Claxton's only making eight million right now. It could it could play a factor in what it's going to cost you next year for him, whether or not you think you're going to bring him back, and then packaging that up, cobbling it together with some other money on the books to make sure you avoid it if you make a trade like this. And uh, I'll quickly say too, the other the other question I wanted to ask you was on if you're attaching maybe some of those those uh, picks from Phoenix. Do you then say to Portland with all that free space you got, you are going to take the Ben Simmons contract off our books right now. And maybe he ends up being some value to you, but we in taking in 27 million from Tyler hero cannot afford to wait to see if Ben Simmons is going to be worth the 40 million because we specifically want to avoid these tax costs. And we like what we have right now with our starting unit, et cetera, knowing, knowing we have a set roster, some veterans going into the season. Wait, so you're asking if they can get off the Simmons contract? Is that what you said? If they said, yeah, like if, if you're going to oh say you want. If, if Portland <laughs> says they want the Phoenix first round unprotected. Oh, could oh, we, oh gotcha. you know, Yeah, for that value. Not for the, 
hey, how about you just take Ben Simmons? God, I was, I was like, we can drive, we can drive the new Mercedes that we just got over to his house what? and drive him to the airport. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no. If it, if the ask is higher than we want it to be for Cam, for Tyler Hero in this three team trade, do we say okay, we'll, we'll pay the high price in draft capital, but you pay the high price in taking the money we need off our books? Yeah, that one's close. I do. I I am of the camp now, and this is probably for a later you know, sort of like summer episode where mm. the Simmons contract, even as it stands now is actually just not even close to the worst contract anymore, just because it ends <laughs> like some of these, yeah. like it like just the fact that it ends sooner than some of these other contracts with under the new CBA. I, I can't never believe I, th- I never thought I'd say this, but like, it's simply just not the worst contract anymore. I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's not, it's not the best, <laughs> right? It's not a positive asset, but it's not so far underwater again because it ends like the some of these other contracts that go out with these older guys like Jer- like dude right now jeremy grant's contract's worse like for sure the, the, the contract that jeremy grant just signed just because of his age just because of age and how long it goes like that alone is worse than than simmons i think than simmons now so i don't know i'm not sure that i, I want to be in the attaching assets to get simmons out the door piece anymore but just because you have a chance to maybe have him return. Does that make sense? I mean, I think this is probably a longer contract. I think it's a a longer contract, a longer episode. I don't think I'd be in the mode to do that. I can't believe I'm saying it though. And I think um, I'm remembering this back now. That may have been a part of the Bobby Marks iteration of this was the high draft capital was related to Ben Simmons being off the books and Tyler hero ending up on Brooklyn. And to your point, it is a bigger one. And I would just say in these kind of conversations, when you think about Ben Simmons, the biggest factor to me is say Ben Simmons does come back for Brooklyn and he does look pretty good. What's the version of this where like you get value out of them now and then the money comes off the books and it is now the design and trades and getting TPs and all that other good stuff. But there's a world where like, even then it ends up turning around and being like, so what's the next contract you want? And Ben Simmons is right there back at the table saying, I turned it around, boys. I'm healthy. Now we got to pay me some serious money. So all these things from from a basketball standpoint, it can't be worse. So like the, and it it already can't be worse. And I believe that it's not the worst contract anymore. So at that point it is a little house money ish here. Yeah. But if you can get off the contract, you still do it. If you can get out without without attaching something, you would definitely do it. But the um, yeah. So it's just not. It's just a different situation now. Closing thoughts. Then do the Brooklyn Nets end up with Tyler Hero as a Brooklyn Net in a three team deal where Damian Lillard ends up in Portland? I'm gonna say no, and I'm with, I'm gonna say no, and I'm with the understanding that the second I say no and we post this, it'll happen because then we'll yep. have to re-record the episode. So right. understanding is the answer is no, and that puts it in pen that he will be a net now because that will just mean we'll have to record the follow-up explanation episode around the Tyler hero thing. So, but if I said, if I said yes, then it won't happen. So I'll say, I'll say yes. And then we don't have to re-record. There you go. I think it's interesting. Um, I wonder what other teams that miss out on Damian Lillard, even like Philadelphia or the Clippers that were talked about, if they end up getting involved in sending things to Portland to get Tyler hero, right? Sometimes it's not just the fringe team that benefits from this. Other teams that are trying to change and improve themselves may even be more inspired to try to get something done for a young player like Tyler. We'll see how it shakes out. And and again, just to say, like the Harden thing changed everything. I, I do believe changed everything with this. Like it just oh, yeah. it just re up. It just kind of reset the chairs or the chess pieces because it just it was just not 
a situation that people thought they're going to do. Okay. We will be back. Uh, we're going to do, we're basically going to do a couple of back-to-back episodes here. Cause we're going to um, break down free agency. They were just two totally different topics. So we wanted to break it into two different episodes because the free agent moves that the nets made, uh, sort of along the margins and some bigger ones uh, came out over the weekend. So make sure you tune into tomorrow's episode or today's whenever you see this on your feed uh, to grab all of our free agent, our free agency thoughts as well. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Nets over on YouTube. I've seen the numbers only grow over the offseason. So appreciative of everyone that's gotten on board. Uh, there's just extra stuff that happens on, on YouTube that different than the podcast. So I just don't know what else to tell you. You have to subscribe to Lockdown Nets on YouTube. No quote. Just happy to have my friend back. So we can keep talking all things Brooklyn Nets basketball, basketball, basketball.